0: Hi, this is Emmy Enchanted, and you're listening to the podcast of Fantastic Books and Where to Find Them. I'm a 10-year-old who loves to read, and I hope that this podcast helps you to find books that are a good fit for you. If you ever want to request a review of a certain book, you can contact me on my website, www.fantasticbooksandwheretofindthem.org. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back. Happy Labor Day. I love Labor Day weekend because you don't have to go to school. It's kind of like a celebration, which is just where this book starts off. Today I'll be reviewing Maribel and the Book of Fate by Tracy Barrett. And be sure to stick around after the review and listen to my interview with the author. Ready to get started? Here we go! Have you ever been ignored by your mom or dad? Well, that's what happens to Maribel in this story. Maribel's twin brother, Marco, is the chosen one. He gets all of the attention. So when Maribel found an adventure, at first she didn't recognize it. It was Maribel's and Marco's birthday, although they were mostly celebrating Marco. They had lots of cake and a big celebration. That is, until someone kidnapped Marco. He was taken by his aunt who was in a feud with the king. Since Marco was the chosen one, it was a big deal for the people of Magicos. They read it from the Book of Fate. The Book of Fate is a book, obviously, that tells the future. It said, when the chosen one recognizes himself, he shall prevail. Mirabel's father the king, is positive that Marco will find a way to escape by himself. Maribel doesn't think so. She goes up to her bedroom and tells Ellie, her best friend slash servant, that she wants to save Marco. Ellie packs their things up and says she's coming with Maribel. Ellie said that she knew a secret passageway out of the castle into the forest. It was in the stables. On the way to the passageway, they met Cornelius, a unicorn, It was the first time that they had ever heard a unicorn talk. He told them that he wanted to go on their quest, too. Maribel and Ellie refused. They went down a secret passageway without him. The unicorn appeared at the other side of the secret passageway and said that he still wanted to go on the adventure with them. Finally, Maribel gave in. It was then that they realized that they were in the palace's garden. Ellie told her that the secret passageway was built a long time ago, so there must have been woods there when the passageway was built. Cornelius provided a distraction for them while they ran into the woods. Cornelius was the king's unicorn, so it was sort of a big deal if he got out of his stall. They wouldn't be able to tell if Cornelius had made it or not, so they just ran on without him. Finally, he caught up to them. Something was odd, though. There was a door standing in thin air. Maribel went and tried to open it, but couldn't. She decided there must be something around it. She balked into this invisible wall. As soon as she touched it, the invisible wall appeared. Maribel and Ellie kept trying to open it, but couldn't. Then Maribel asked, How did you get out of your stall? We never let you in, and the door was locked tight. Cornelius told him to stand back. As he aimed his horn at the door, something shot out of it, and the door unlocked. Oh, so that's how you got out of your stall. You unlocked it. They made it into the land behind the wall. Everyone knew about the land behind the wall. All kinds of magic was behind that wall. Will they be able to rescue Marco, or will all their plans fail and Magikos be destroyed? As I always say, read the book to find out. I recommend this book to readers who take it to the end. It's a little scary, but it is very good. If you like Ella Enchanted, or Harry Potter, or pretty much any book with magic, then you will love this one. Here's a few helpful things I like to say about the books I read. Run and get mom. It's how I describe the scariness factor. There were a few scary parts, but none that I couldn't handle. Yucky lovey stuff. It's how I describe the romance factor. None. Zero. No. Nada. So, what's my rating for this book? I give this book... Five Wands. The scariness was just the right amount, and it was perfect in all ways. My favorite part of this book was how brave Maribel was to go on a journey to save her brother, especially since his being gone could have meant that she would become leader. Such courage, such bravery. Hope you like this book. chance to interview the author of this book, Tracy Barrett, today. This interview is really cool. It answered some questions that I was having about the book. I hope you like it.
1: Hi. Hi, how are you?
2: Good. How are you?
1: I'm good. It's nice to hear your voice after writing back and forth a few times.
2: Thank you. It's nice to hear yours. Good. Ready to get started? Yeah. Let's That's do it. Cool. Okay. Question number one. Did someone write the Book of Fate, or does it just exist? And if
1: someone did write it, then who? That is such a good question. Um, I left it deliberately vague at the end about what the Book of Fate actually is, because it's the kind of thing that I think people can interpret in their own ways, depending on uh how they want it to be, I guess. So. The conclusion that, that, that Maribel suggests, although she just suggests it and it's never known whether it's true or not, is that this is really just a collection of the wisdom of her people. It's proverbs and folk tales and folk wisdom and almanac kinds of things that somebody at some point wrote down or maybe a bunch of people wrote down over time. And it was so wise and so important to the people that it gradually took on the role of something more important than just a collection of things and turned into something that people had to follow. If someone wrote it down, what I imagine, although I never said it, is Callum, who was the first magician of the first king, King Manfred, who kind of set up the kingdom. Then I would imagine if anyone was like, the, the per- first person to write it down, it would have been Callum. But I didn't want to say that because I wanted people to be able to make up their own minds.
2: That sounds actually, Maribel's point of view, is actually a very, well, wise point of view, I think.
1: Yeah, good. I'm glad. I, but I, I, But, you know, once an author has finished writing a book... It's not that authors anymore; it belongs to the people who read it, and if they want to yeah. think one thing or another it, it's not up to me to tell them they're right or wrong, unless there's something they like forgot that I said something that happened, and they or whatever. If I didn't actually say yeah. it it's not my it's not my job it's It's up to the people who read it to decide Yes,
2: yeah. okay. Question number two: is Marigol based off of anyone?
1: If so, who? She is kind of, it's funny, there's no any, no character I've ever written is exactly one person, but I, and I don't usually realize it till afterwards if they are like someone. Um but I think that Maribel is kind of like me. She's more like me than a lot of my characters that I've written. She, uh, doesn't really understand what bravery is, and she's maybe braver than she thinks she is. She uh loves her brother but is jealous of him, and I have a brother and a sister, and we're all three really close in age, from the oldest to the youngest. It's just two and a half years, and so we had a lot of com- uh, competitiveness, and we're very similar in some ways and different in others, and so I think that the relationship between the two twins, Maribel and Marco, is kind of based on my relationship with my brother and sister. I'm the one in the middle. So, I but I didn't I didn't do that on purpose. I didn't think, well, what would I have done in in this situation? How would my brother react if I said this? It's just only afterwards looking at it that I realize where it's come from. Okay. How did you become an author? Well, I always like to write and um I I, I was pretty good at it. I always got good grades on compositions and things like that. And I, uh, I, I don't usually say this when I'm doing school visits because teachers don't like to hear me say this, but I think I almost read too much because I kind of thought that books came out of an author just kind of When they sat down, they'd write a book. I didn't realize there was a lot of work involved, and a lot of people who could help you do it, and a lot of things you had to learn. And I would write something, and I'd get a good grade on it, and I think, but that would that could never be a book. I can't. I don't know how to do that. And I didn't realize that it was a thing you can learn, just like you can learn almost anything else, like a sport or a musical instrument or something like that. So I didn't really start writing till I was uh, in a teaching at a university, and was getting bored because I was teaching the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and, over. and I decided to yeah. see if I could write some nonfiction. So I started off with nonfiction because I knew I could do research well, and so I did that, and I gradually started writing fiction, and now I've I've written just about equal amounts nonfiction and fiction. Do you have a
2: preference in writing nonfiction or fiction, or are they just
1: both? You just love to write? Either one of them. Either one of them. And right now I have two nonfiction ideas kind of jumping around in my brain. And I'm thinking my next book might be nonfiction, but I don't know. Um, It depends. I'm I'm not writing, I'm revising something I wrote a long time ago right now, but I'm not writing anything new and just kind of waiting to see which one appeals to me the most. So I'll see. I'll see what happens. What are you interested in besides reading and writing? Well, um as I said, I used to be a college professor and I taught Italian language and literature and civilization. And so one of my main interests is Italy, and I love traveling there, and I go there pretty often. And I also live in I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I live in the city of Nashville, but is a part of it that's really like the country. And so I take a lot of hikes and walks, and it's a little too hot right now, but a lot of times I do like to take hikes and walks, and we have a couple dogs that we walk a lot. I like to do a lot of craft. I knit, and I sew, and I do all that kind of stuff, and that's really a nice break for me from writing because it uses a totally different part of my brain, so it's very restful. So those are my main things. I like to cook a lot, too.
2: Sounds very good. I like to play soccer. Oh, do you? Yes. It's my favorite sport. Do you play an instrument? I play the piano.
1: Oh, great. Yeah. I did too, but I stopped doing it after I went to college.
2: Do you regret stopping? Yes, but I, you know, there's only so many things you can do, so i picked up. I have to quit a bunch of sports because of soccer and Mm -hmm. my blog and all of it was just getting too much.
1: Yeah, you're a busy person.
2: Yes. Okay. Ready for the next one? Uh Uh-huh. What advice would you give to kids to make them want to read?
1: That is such a good question. Um, You hear a lot of advice about people who don't like to read, kids or adults, and one is especially when it's kids that say, well, read a lot in front of them, and they'll see that it's just something that people like to do. Or if they don't like to read, it's because they haven't found the right book yet and just keep trying different books and things like that. And I have two kids, and they're both grown, and my daughter reads all the time, and my son doesn't, and he's never liked reading. And occasionally he'll read a book that he likes, so I don't know that any of that advice really works. He doesn't read for fun. He's he's busy. He's he's studying to be a nurse, and that's that takes a lot of time. But you know, a lot of people can do that and read a book too. He just isn't interested. And we read in front of him all the time, and we read him books for fun. He just never liked it. So I don't think you can make someone want to. I think you can encourage them and help them find books that they like. And I think the best person to do that is a librarian because they know all about the books that are, have just come out and if someone really likes Harry Potter, they might find some other book like that that they like that their parents might not know about. But I think it's just um letting people see that it's that it can be good and that there are thousands of kinds of books. And if you don't like reading science fiction, maybe you should try history. And if you don't enjoy um detective stories, maybe you'd like Funny things. There's so there's such a variety that almost everyone can find things that they like.
2: Okay. Are you ready for the final question? I hope so. This has really flown by. What do you think would have happened if after Maribel, Ellie, and Floriano got attacked by the wolf man creature, Ellie and Floriano had gone home and left Maribel.
1: Boy. That would have been disastrous because each of them supplied something important to their mission. Uh, I, I'm sure Maribel would have gone on. She would have, uh, she would have tried. She would have kept going. And I bet she would have eventually gotten to where Marco was, but I don't know if she could have managed to free him and maybe they would have had to have some other solution, some other way to get things back to normal, or maybe they wouldn't have been able to at all. Maybe it would have turned into Mab's kingdom, and uh, that that would have been yeah. the end. And that wouldn't have been terrible. She turned out to be a nicer person than they thought, but it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been a good ending. ending. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: without Ellie and Floriata, really, they're wasn't a very happy ending.
1: I don't think it would have been, no. I think um, yeah. that that it, it needed all the different personalities to come together to make it work out. Maribel's kind of impetuous and does things without thinking, and she needed Ellie to hold her back, and Floriano was kind of off the wall and would make these ridiculous suggestions that turned out to be good. And also, mm-hmm. he, he, he had to find out uh, I think all of them had to find out something about themselves on the trip, and he had to find his serious side and his not-so-conceited side. and yeah. Ellie had to loosen up, so I think they all helped each other. Well, that's all I've got for you. Okay, well, it's great talking to you. Great talking to you, too. Okay, okay. well, thanks for getting in touch with me. No problem, I enjoy talking. I, me too. Okay, bye-bye.
0: Okay, bye. Man, wasn't that great? I loved hearing about her hobbies, and her advice about asking librarians for help with finding books was so true. My librarian helps me all the time. I hope after listening, you want to read her book. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you're listening in iTunes, Please give me a rating and be sure to subscribe. And always remember reading is magical.